Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the podcast studios of Epic Productions and Epic Financial Strategies here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the consistent and continued effort of creating infinite sales opportunities by having conversations with mega megapreneurs and people that are doing radical things in the business world. And tonight is absolutely no different. Good evening, everybody. I am David Harder, partner at Epic Financial Strategies and co-founder of uh, We Are Infinity X. Tonight, we are joined by Pam Christian. Pam, are you with us? I am right here. Hey, Pam, hey, how you doing? You got a little horse? Are you okay? I'm recovering from a bronchial infection, but I'm okay. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hope you're feeling better. I'm good. Thanks. Excellent. Excellent. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And um, before, before we continue, um, we have a special treat, Pam, for you as well as for our, uh, our listeners this evening. Typically speaking, I am joined by my partner and the founder of Epic Financial Strategies, Rob Gill. Uh, Rob was unable to join us this evening. And so in Rob's place, I am joined by um, New York Times bestseller, uh, writer of uh, Real Estate Riches, and um, one of the world's premier commercial real estate investors who has spoken on Tony Robbins' stage, I believe, 25 times, Dr. Dolph DeRoos. Well, Dolph, thank you, it's David. So it's a pleasure to have you here tonight as well, brother. <laughs> and uh, Dolph, this is Pam Christian. Pam, hey, this Pam, is Dr. Dolph DeRoos. Nice to meet you, too. I'm curious what your normal voice sounds like. It sounds pretty similar to this. It's just a little <laughs> less worse. <laughs> so, Pam, you're up to so many things in the world, right? You're, 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 you know, between podcasting and health and wellness coaching. But what I always say is that, um, you know, when we're looking at human excellence, to, to, to know where we're going, we have to know where we're from. So where are you from originally, Pam? Where did it all start for you? Oh, my gosh. It all started even before I was born, way before I was born, but we'll say it started, you know, in New Jersey, ended up in Manhattan for a long time and back in New Jersey. And I tell you the literal places because they're so significant in my life, especially coming yeah. full circle back into New Jersey. And it really started with a very, very, very challenging, difficult childhood with really, really, really loving parents, but wow. really, really challenging. So, you know, you, you either learn to sink or swim at a young age. Sure. And I think the swimming part of me that just kept on fighting, treading water for a long time, maybe going under for a while and then coming back up is what emerged into the person I am today and helped me build and continue to build, not just professionally, because if you're not building personally, you can't build professionally. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't show up in the world the way you probably want to and for your business and for your clients the way you need to. That's incredible. And where in New Jersey are you from? I heard Red Bank. I'm from um, from uh, like North Brunswick area. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now I'm in Bergen. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We pass by that every day, right? Oh, you do? <laughs> oh sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm just across the bridge over on the New York side in, uh, in, in Westchester and Dolph is a man of the people. He's from everywhere. So <laughs> Love that. yeah, yeah. And, um, so, um, what I heard though, was that I heard that there was, um, some, the opportunity to maybe sink or swim. Right. And you chose to swim, but what, what, what were some of the attributes? I mean, because listen, the foundation of loving parents is something that, you know, you can't put a price tag on, uh, but what were some of the foundations of the opportunities for sinking? What were some of the challenges that you faced? I mean, and yes, loving parents. I just want to say, I think all of us as parents, which I am of three children, have the intention to love. It's just all about how it lands. We all love our kids. We all love them, but we don't always know how to show it or how they need us to show it for them. And so I think that was one of the problems. But I mean, opportunities to sink. My life was an opportunity to sink. Mm. Every day, I was just barely above water. Um, and obviously, people didn't know it. What they thought more was, wow, why is she acting out so much? What is wrong with her? She's a troubled kid. Not what, what experiences did she have that brought her to this point in her life? And so I wouldn't be able to say, oh, it was this opportunity. It was more, how could I find the light, the little crack of light coming in from the door and seize that and grab mm. that? Because it was more darkness than light. So the darkness, it just felt like all over. And it was more, what was that opportunity to, for light? How could I shift this one thing in my mind? mind to see it differently. And then that led into business because for a long time, I was a real estate um, agent, but I ran a team. And you know, whether it's not getting the listing and not saying to yourself, I can't believe they got it or why didn't I get it? But this wasn't the right opportunity. Maybe I dodged a bullet and the clients would have been nightmares. Yeah. You know, so many yeah. other ways to look at things rather than sitting in poor me. And trust me, I had my poor me in my victim mode also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and Dolph, by the way, at any point that you have a question, by all means, please feel free to chime in, brother. Do you have a question? Right I now? will not be shy. Uh, chime in. Please do. Please. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I thought you'd had one right now. Dolph. No, Excuse no. Me. I was just going to say, but we do share one thing in common, and that is we both come from somewhere new. You come from New Jersey. I come from New Zealand. I guess nice. geographically quite disparate, but I thought that's something we have in common. There you yeah. go. <laughs> what was... And, and what were some of those, um, because you touched upon glimmers of light, right? It's always darkest before the dawn, but there's always those glimmers of light. What were, what were some of those glimmers of light that you saw at a young age that helped you to kind of persevere and kind of trudge forward? Yeah. You know, it was opportunities. So for example, I went to a lot of different high schools, not because I got kicked out or anything like that, but because I just was... I, I, not was, I was going to say I wasn't thriving, but not was I not thriving. I was dying and I was looking for opportunities to change something, to shift something. And I knew that every time there was a transition. So like in the summer, it's a transition. You're either going to camp, you're working, you're hanging out with different friends, whatever. So every transition that presented itself for me, I could show up as a different me. Because it's oh, hard to show yeah. up as a different yeah, yeah. you, sorry, sure. in the yeah. place and the space that you're always at. And more importantly, it's hard for people to see you differently, even if you have made changes. So anytime I had somewhere new to be, I, and I wasn't, I wasn't showing up as a great version of myself, but it was a different version. And I was trying different things on for size. When did you identify the comfortable version of Pam? Like, when did that really start to emerge itself? I mean, it's still happening. And I'm it. in a really yeah. good place, but I think it's a lifelong lesson because I'm going to continue to grow. And yeah. as I grow, I'm going out of my comfort zone and then I'm going to find some comfort. But 
I think a, 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 not a, a different question or the answer you might be more going towards is um, it was more for me. When did I decide to love myself? When did I decide to accept who I was at each stage of my life? And not just the stages that I was in when I decided that and the stages I was moving towards, but the stages I was no longer in and forgiving myself for who I was or what I couldn't live up to or the way I disappointed myself or others because I was doing the best I could with the tools I had. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my, my dear friend Dolph, um, introduced me to a concept that I love. And it's, uh, you know, it's not about practice what you preach, it's about preach what you practice, right? And it sounds as though what you really have consistently leveled up into is is preaching what you're, you're practicing, which is self-mastery, right? Which is leveling up and changing base camp and obviously loving yourself. And now, Pam, did you, um, did you end up, did you go to college um, post high school? Where'd you go to college? And, I did. And what, uh, and went- what, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, where'd you go to college? Okay. Well, I went to a few colleges. Oh, so, so I mean, <laughs> tell me more. That's good. Yep. But I ended up graduating from NYU. Wow. And each step that I went up, I mean, I went, I started at a very local college. Then I went to Ithaca college. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember how long, a year or two. Yeah. And then I went to NYU and then I went to Columbia for oh, math, my master's degree. So fantastic. What'd you get your master's degree in? In education, and I pra- I practiced. I taught um, for a couple of years, but when I had my own kids, I, for me, believed that everything that I could possibly give should be given to them, so that I could help uh, guide them to be the best people they could be and give and serve the world. And so, if I was spreading that around to tons of kids, that would be great. But there wouldn't be a lot of me left for them, and I wanted them to have it. Sure. When did you identify? that you had the massive entrepreneurial spirit inside of you that you that you have and and elaborate on when that aha moment was a little bit if you could. I mean I was so young so I told you I had a difficult childhood and as a child in order for me to um I, I had I I'm highly a highly sensitive human being and I'm very empathetic and I guess I was in so much pain and I wanted to help others so I worked with severely severely disabled kids at places like the Foundling Hospital, then kids with cancer at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And I would volunteer as a teenager while I was still acting out and doing all this other stuff. And during that, I realized I had a passion for that, which is why I did teaching in special ed, but I also had a passion for making money. And I liked money. (laughs) And so I would do that. Well, again, like summers or after school. And at the same time, I would also start little businesses. So I did a nutrition to coaching business. Um, I figured out ways to sell tickets to comedy clubs. Um, and you can make a lot of money. You go to like college campuses. It was crazy. I was like rolling in cash. Like what is going on here? Um, And I think that's when it started. And then when I went to grad school, so I did always have these little side businesses, side hustles. Now I call them side passions. And when I went to grad school, I wanted to be a teacher, but like I said, not only did I want to make money, I want, I'm like, I like moving. I like energy. I like, I like excitement and I like creating it. So I started with uh, my partner. um, I started with a person I was in grad school with um, a candy company called the sweet life. And we made homemade Shaka covered. Well, (laughs) funny story. We're trying to get a website. Lots of porn sites called the sweet life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we had to like change the oh, name for the website. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, side note there. Yeah. Um, so 
we, you know, we made all sorts of things catered to large and small corporations. It was a really crazy time on Wall Street. We did a lot for um, different Wall Street businesses um, and all sorts of things like that. And we took it with us after we graduated and both started teaching. But again, when I had my own kids, I went in a different direction. I went into real estate, which gave me more flexible hours to be with my kids. And yeah, then I'm here. Incredible, incredible folks. Pam, uh, Pam Christian, if you, uh, folks, by the way, if you have a question that you'd like to be put out to Pam, please put it into the chat. We're going to be monitoring the chat. Dolph, any questions that you have or no, comments I have for a Pam? Comment, Pam? And that is that just hearing you speak, I'm hearing two different sides of the story in a sense. One is that a bit of a troubled childhood had difficulty fitting in, went to many different schools where it could be a different personality each time you started somewhere new. They're all things that one could potentially associate with a difficult child, challenges with learning and all that. And then on the other hand, I'm hearing that you did all these creative things and a talent for making money, working on Wall Street, coming up with these new ideas. I wonder whether part of the, in quotes, challenges of your childhood is that you were just too smart for your peers that you had so many creative ideas that you could see things they didn't even think were possible to be seen. You were explorative. You had a mind that was creative. I wonder whether your challenge wasn't that you couldn't keep up, but they couldn't keep up with you. Wow. Hearing yeah, you, you are I so like that. incredibly <laughs> No, but I'm serious. It's not just a, you know, I'm pandering to a thought. I think that's really what went on. You, you were way ahead of everyone else. Even the educators who thought they couldn't tame you, of course they couldn't tame you. Your mind was already 10 steps ahead. You were creating the next thing. And look at what you've achieved already. I'm, I'm totally impressed. Thank and you. And I just wish, if, you know, we can't wind the clock back. I actually sat in the DeLorean used in that movie, Back to the Future. <laughs> and I tried it. I pushed all the buttons. I didn't go anywhere in time, so I tried. But if we could go back, I wonder if they could go back and have another crack at working with you, but giving you opportunities that they wouldn't give others because the others weren't smart enough. Maybe that would have changed not your outcome. You've obviously been very successful, but, but everyone's perception of how you did. I mean, everything you're saying is like, when I go meditate later, it's going to be, I'm going to be like downloading on this and processing it and integrating yeah. it. And I really love it. And I think one thing I would say is about, uh, I don't know when it was, but I came to a realization that I would never change any part of my life, not one piece of it, because the pain, the suffering, it's allowed me to be the compassionate human being I am today and serve others and be there for others. And I know you weren't saying, oh, I wish you could go back. You were just wondering, which I'm curious too, but I am so grateful for this journey because I'm such a more solid person because of it. And I'm, I understand, like, I, I understand we are all fighting a battle, every single one of us, and we need to be there for each other. It's all about love. Our heart is a muscle. Why don't we exercise it? Why do, when we get hurt, we forget to keep working it out afterwards. Instead, we just let it atrophy. If we started working it out and wanted to look good as, as good as we want our abs to look, the love that we would share with each other, man, everyone you would heal. Absolutely right. You've hit it on the nail. And just again, hearing your words, how you express those thoughts you just had, most people don't go into that depth of thinking. They come home and watch TV. Yeah. And that's it. And they think it's a great program because look what happened to so-and-so and, -so and who, who killed JR and all that. <laughs> Instead JR. of what can yeah. I create in the world? And those things are just script writers fantasies. But what you're dealing with is real life. Yeah. So I, I wonder whether everyone else 
and you have underestimated your potential. You, you've got it together in my mind. Wow. Thank you. What happened? So, so you moved into real estate, right? Which is a totally different discipline, right? Than the discipline that you had been studying and mastering up until that point. What was it like moving into real estate and what happened next? So when I moved into real estate, I had the luxury of being married to someone who was able to maintain a full-time job and salary where I didn't have to work. And I do like to say that I think it's fair. It's only fair for people to know that because I didn't, it wasn't like it was do or die. So I got to dabble. I got to learn. I got to play. I got to experience. Not that the extra money didn't help. We weren't in like a position like that where we didn't, you know, we couldn't benefit from it, but it wasn't like I needed to make a certain amount of money. But then several years later, um, my former spouse and I split up and that was a different story, but we'll get to that in a second. So um, in the beginning, it was, it was scary for me because I'm not a good test taker or I've told myself and now believe that I'm not a good test taker. So I didn't even know if I'd pass the exam, but I did. And um, there's something called up calls. You're sitting at the real estate desk. And my first up call Mm -hmm. was someone Mm -hmm. who wanted a listing in a town that's um, near me, a different kind of town and a different demographic. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to cut my teeth over here. I'm going to get to know this area. I'm going to learn and make my mistakes, fumble, whatever, fall. And then I'm going to come to towns that a different demographic that I know I can really produce and maybe even do less transactions. Cause again, I didn't have to do this, but you know, a higher dollar value winds, winds up being that I love every actual transaction. Cause it's about the relationship. But so anyway, so I did that and I did really well my first year. I had a partner. We killed it and I wasn't expecting that. Um, And then, but even knowing that I didn't have to, it's a luxury. And I think, again, I know I said it before, but I do think it's really important. But then came a time where I I split with my my kid's dad and um, I wanted to maintain a certain lifestyle. And that's where the fire came. I'm like, I was a voracious reader, learner, absorber. Um, And for me, it's all about structure and routine. I'm not saying that's for everyone, but, and, and my structure can be laid back too. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, type A total like that, but so, but it has to be a structure. And I created a structure and I created a plan for every single day because real estate's a very slippery business. And I don't mean the agents, which Mm -hmm. it has the reputation of being too. I mean the business. And if you don't have a plan and you don't execute it and map out the year ahead of you, you know, you, you can make, you could do well, but you could also do really poorly. So I had goals. I had dollar, um, amounts that I wanted to make, but also earn um, for my team because I eventually developed a team and um, I hit them, hit all my milestones. Now there are agents that are so far beyond what I ever, what I ever did. But when, when I was doing what I was doing, it was kind of at the top of what you were doing. Maybe there were a few other people that were doing, you know, that next level. So I was, uh, I, I learned what I was made of during this time. I met myself and I didn't love her when I met her, but I sure love her now. What were the attributes that you fell in love with? What are the things about your, like you look at, because I think that people don't look in the mirror and say, I love you enough. I really, really don't. I, you know, I think that people look at other people. I look at Dolphin. I say, I love you, brother, you know, but I don't necessarily look in the mirror and say, I love you, Dave. 
It doesn't happen every single day, even though it should, because the person that we ought to love the most is the person that we stare at each and every day. So what was it, you know, what, 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 what was it that you fell in love with, Pam? And what was it that um, where the light bulb kind of went off and, and you really kind of embraced it? Um, before I answer that, I just want to piggyback on something you said. I think the, the best thing about really being truly in love with yourself is that it spills over to others and it has a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're actually elevating the collective conscious. You're elevating the people around you because your mood is infectious and it's inspiring. And so is your light. So I was doing it as much for myself as for my children and everyone around me. Mm -hmm. And I will say in order to tell myself, in order to find the things I loved myself about myself, I had to go through the things I didn't like. And that's really important the ugly stuff, the things that you're ashamed of, that you wish you never did before, like, you know, maybe hurt people or hurt yourself. Mm. And I had to heal from those. I had to find, I just did my blog and eat newsletter on healing the inner child and slaying those dragons. I had to heal my child. I had to reparent myself and I still am. And once I started healing then I was able to find things I loved. I love surprising people, like throwing a gift certificate in the mail and sending it to them or make, making cookies and dropping it off or calling someone and saying, what can I do for you today? And so yeah. that was stuff that I started doing. And then I'd come home and be like, that feels really good. I love that about myself because it's authentic to me. Maybe that's not what's authentic to you, but if you find the thing that's authentic to you and can love on that, that's all that matters. So it was that... I mean, really, really just my, 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 I I like, I'm a giver. I love giving. So that being there for people, I think I'm a really, I'm not a perfect mom, but I'm a devoted and dedicated. My, I was born to be a mom. And you are, so, yeah, yeah. You're the perfect mom for your kids. I can guarantee well, that. Yeah, and that, that is true. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's the pursuit of perfection will never be perfect. Right. But you are, you know, leveling up every single day. We are infinity X. We give a stage and microphone to human excellence. And we're joined by the mighty Pam Christian and also Dr. Dolph DeRoos this evening. We actually, Pam had a question that came in from the live audience and the question came from Nikhil Bond and is in this day and age, we are told to be, uh, to do, uh, Uh, do more and keep moving. What does you matter mean? How do you explain that to an eight-year-old? So a few things we're told that I just want to touch on a few things that you said. We're told that who are we told that by? Because the only person you should be listening to is yourself. So when you connect with your higher self and follow your intuition, you'll decide if that's right for you. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, grind, grind, grind. Right now you're listening to the proverbial you, you know, people out there. Why are we listening to them? How do they know what's right for me? You know, I don't know. And for an eight-year-old, what I would say is a few things. One, it's not one conversation. It's many conversations over many years, but it would start with, you know, honey, you matter. What does that mean to you? And hear what they have to say about what it means. And then mirror back the things that you feel, yes, that that's true. And mirror back what they say and then expand on it by what you believe. To me, every single human being here matters. Unfortunately, not every single being here is living their purpose. So we're not getting the benefits of what they have to offer. And they're not getting those benefits. And the more we tune into ourselves, the more we can offer that. And we know because it just exudes out of us and comes from us. I didn't think I'd be doing this, but I can't not do this. And so I'd say, so you have a voice. 
And you want to tap, I want to tell them when they're young, that you want to learn that voice. Tell me what that voice says right now. And through, that's why I said, this isn't just one conversation. I'd interweave it into dinner time. I'd interweave it into many times that we'd be hanging out. I'm assuming this is your child and say, you know, you matter. Again, what does that mean to you? Show me how you let yourself know you matter. I wanted my kids to learn that. So when they were younger, I would take dry erase marker after they'd go to bed and write on their mirrors in the bathroom. And I'd say, I am amazing. I am smart. I am well-liked. I am love. I am giving. I am all these things. And they'd wake up in the morning and they'd start brushing their teeth and looking at the mirror. And they'd either be like, oh, she's so weird, mom. Or (laughs) they'd be like, not reading it at all and thinking of something else, but it starts to seep in by osmosis and they start to see that versus lose 10 pounds and you're going to get your man on the cover of a magazine. You know, this starts to seep in. And so it's, it's a long term game with your eight-year-old and starting as young as possible. And one other thing, I know you said you mattering, you use those words, show them they matter take them to meditate with you, have them cook with you, have them hang out with you, work out with them, go for a walk with them, sit with them while they're doing their homework and read a book, put your phone down. Don't be watching TV, show them they matter. Then they'll believe they matter. Incredible. Incredible. I, uh, it's true. You know, it's what you indoctrinate in them at that time that sticks with them. So for a long time, when my daughter was around eight, I would ask every night at the dinner table, honey, what did you learn today that you didn't know at breakfast time? And at first we'd go, that's weird. But then she'd come up with things and she'd start to seek them out. And then invariably they bring play dates over and some would stay for dinner. And I'd say, well, girls, what did you learn today that you didn't know at breakfast time? And the guest would look at my daughter as if to say, your dad is seriously weird. (laughs) And I was, I admit that, I still am. But they'd come up with something. And the next afternoon, I'd overhear the little visitors say to my daughter, oh, here's something we can share with your dad when he asks that weird question. Uh It just goes to show that when you repeat something over and over again, like what you are saying, you really matter or whatever, it gets ingrained and they start to seek it out because I don't think curiosity is necessarily natural. I think many kids have it as, as a matter of course, but it's something that can be extracted. And if you bring out a love of reading, it's the same with how I got my daughter to read. Most parents would say, how on earth do you get your daughter to read? And I say, well, it's pretty simple. They said, we can't get our kids to do it. We try to bribe them, no dessert unless you read or whatever. How do you do it? I said, it's quite simple. I just park myself on the couch and I read a book. (laughs) And eventually she'll come to me and say, what are you doing? And you can't say, I'm reading a book. You should too. You've got to say something like, I'm reading a book and it's so sensationally interesting. You'll never guess what happened is this. No, you can't make it up. It's got to be genuine as well. And invariably what happens is they slink away and 10 minutes later, they come and curl up beside you with a book. Hmm. And then your cue is to say at some stage, what are you reading? What are you reading? And listen to what they say. They will sell you on the book and why you should read it. So kids naturally emulate whoever is around them, their parents or their caregivers. And whatever enthusiasm you have, they they take on. Enthusiasm is contagious. We always say, if you catch fire with enthusiasm, people come from miles around to watch you burn. And it's kind of true. You've just got to, you know, you've just got to be it. It's so much about, I, I, I love what you said about the question at the, ta- uh, the dinner table. We did our own version of that. And there we're both weird, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all about bringing awareness to it. You know, it's uh, to each of the things. So like 
you know, it didn't matter what the question either of us asked were. It's showing an interest. It's finding something to talk about and it's getting them to look within themselves and dig a little over under the surface because right now that generation, your daughter, my kids, mine are now 17, 20 and 20. It, it, it's scary out there. And we mm-hmm. want to teach them to go a little deeper because it's all shallow and surface right now and smoke and mirrors. Right. So Pam, so, oh, did you have another no, one? No, I was Go, just going to say showing interest is the opposite of that older generation thing that kids should be seen and not heard. Exactly. Because that's what shrinks their personality. It's what makes them shy away from being bold and being outrageously participative. And they just, they, they hide in the corner like a wallflower. And we're, we're doing the opposite of that. Anyway, that was the end of uh, No, it's, I... I could sit here and be a wallflower myself, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking into the conversation that I'm going to have with my seven-year-old tomorrow night when I see her again. And, you know, um, Pam, you, you're accelerating massively in the real estate space, right? You're now, man, you, you built it up. You're managing a team, uh, went through some change, uh, in the personal household, which, you know, is, is something that sounds like it was a growth opportunity as well. What happened next? Um, Gosh, so much happened next, but I know we only have a little bit amount of time, so I'm going to boil it down. And I guess I was in, so I was in the real estate space for a total of, I guess, 15 years and around maybe 13 or 12, uh, not sure, but my kids were like in the thick of high school still. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to make any big changes. Everything's consistent, but I was feeling an itch. And, um, so I started thinking about it and playing with it. And, you know, it's, it's scary to walk away from a good thing, whether it's financial, your, you know, business personal, um, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it guys. I just want to say that it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And, um, unfortunately, um, my dad went into the hospital unexpectedly and several weeks later passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. And this was going on like five years ago, not yet though. And, um, no, it was actually five years ago, but that's irrelevant. And, um, you know, he was a, he was a big person I talked with about business and, and, um, this type of stuff. So I was like, Oh, now what am I going to do? What should I do? What would he want me to do? And during that time, of course, you know, everything was crazy after he passed away, everything was so quick. And I was taking care of my mom, still running my business you know, still with my kids and trying to figure out what I was going to do about my business. And um, I know it didn't need to happen in a minute. So I was taking the time and everything thinking I could sell it. And, you know, Mm. that's not common to sell a real estate business, but how could I package it and sell it? And sure, there's a book, there's an intrinsic value there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, it's all about the relationships. Then, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, So um, as I was getting closer and closer, Uh, my mom passed away and oh boy yeah so it was within 12 months and both were extremely sudden and that's a whole other story in my book when it comes out um and it was my mom was my best friend you know for all the lacking and all the places she missed we were extremely close and I know where my parents heart was no matter what and um I didn't know what to do and it kind of was just all right I need to I need to step away from everything And so I packaged the business, sold it quickly, and I was lost. I was lost. I was lost because of my parents, but, you know, my parents are with me. They're with me all the time. And what I was more lost was 
I felt like it, everything that happened was extremely destabilizing. And the world that I knew was no longer the world that I knew, that I thought I knew, because it wasn't secure the way I thought it was. And I'm not saying all of this is a bad thing or a good thing, but I had to process it and I had to understand what was happening and I had to get comfortable. I had to get back on my feet. And so I took a year and I, I did, I did a few things. I still worked, but more, I did referrals. So in real estate, if you sent, do referrals, you can make a solid living from that. I had made some smart investments um, that were able to carry me through throughout the years. Um, and I went off the grid. I completely went off the grid. I had a few realtors who called me and said, Hey, cause I used to teach classes in real estate. Will you coach me? I took those few on and I went off the grid completely. And you hear my energy. I'm not a, I'm a very deep in touch self-aware person, but I'm not an off the grid person. Yeah. And it was painful. And I never got to mourn my dad. So I used that time to mourn my dad, my mom and my childhood and really work on myself. And people are like, oh, you had the year off or you did this. No, I walked for hours in silence. I sat and wondered what I was going to do with my life. Everything I had known in my adult life was tied up either in my children or my business or my family, my parents. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so everything was changing. And I fell into this space. Well, I fell into it, but I was also being guided towards it. Mm. And I'm a pretty private person. Although I may come off as an extrovert, I'm not. And I'm pretty to myself and I don't do a lot. And so being out there like this is not my natural way. And putting a book out there is not my natural way, but I know it's needed in this world. So I'm putting my part, my lower self aside and yeah. tuning into my higher self. And so you, sh so you shifted away. Yep. You sit, you sold the business, sold it faster than you had anticipated, took the year and then came to the discovery that it was time to essentially kind of like rebrand out the new version of what Pam was going to introduce into this world, right? And so, bring uh, bring all of our uh, our audience, bring us up to speed on what, what Pam is. is currently doing. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yes. No, it's about uh, please. I'm I, I'm I could speak to you for two hours. Pam, okay. so. <laughs> I know. know this is fun, right? Yep. Um, it sure is. Um. So basically, what I'm doing is. I'm just hoping to inspire others to lead their very best lives. And I know you're like, okay, but what are you doing? And so I do that in a lot of ways. I have a solid Instagram account. Obviously anything on there is free. I post videos. I put food has been a big part of my journey, healing foods, because I got very sick, which I didn't talk about when I was younger. And I was able to heal myself in more of a natural way after I had tried meds. So oh, I wow. post recipes and food. Um, I work out all the time. I do red light therapy. Um, I do all sorts of more unique and offbeat things that keep me in the space that I'm sound bowl healing. I meditate every day, um, work with crystals. And so that would be stuff on my Instagram. I do coaching. 
I do consulting. I do corporate speaking. I do speaking at schools. Um, I have a book coming out as soon as I'm brave enough to release it. <laughs> um, Talking to the king right here, this. books, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I caught that at the beginning. Yep. I was like, I'm yep. going to have to get his num- email from you. <laughs> yeah. um, and you have the, and you have the podcast. podcast too. Yep. Yes. So, and what and, is and what's the it, brand of the podcast, by the way? What, what, what's the name of the podcast? It's called The Juice. And it's The Juice because I have a green juice every single day. So when it was in person, my guest and I would share a green juice instead of coffee. And we would talk about the juice, what's known today as the tea. So what's the juice? Like, what's going on? What's in your life? <laughs> I love you know? it. So. Yeah, yeah. 54,000 strong on Instagram right now, right now that doesn't happen. Listen, success leaves clues, ladies and gentlemen, right? So, you know, if you go onto my Instagram feed, although I, now that I'm connected with people like Dolph DeRoos and uh, my partner, Rob Gill and Epic Financial Strategies, it's growing on a daily basis, but that doesn't happen overnight. You know, our Epic YouTube channel has grown. We're incredibly proud of it is grown on the, on, on, on the space up to a little bit North of a thousand subscribers, but that's 18 months of hard work. You're at 54,000 subscribers. I, or, or, or followers on, on Instagram. Talk about your strategy, right? If you could talk a little bit about how you identified that growing your brand in the social media space was going to be important and relevant. I think, well, actually it all started with the bet with my daughter. She, I wanted her oh. to do something. <laughs> okay. She didn't want to do it. She said, go get 10,000 followers. I didn't even have a few hundred followers. I didn't use Instagram. I was all Facebook. So it started with that. Oh, and I, I, I enlisted my sons to help me so I could win this bet. And then, you know, there's a few things, and this goes for real estate, any sales business, any social media, any business in general. Where are you coming from? I have a coaching client who's very financially motivated and oriented, and it's fine, but everything she talks about is money, and the money will come. You have to believe if you are following what you want to do, whatever that is, it could be a janitor, a mechanic, a doctor, a lawyer. It doesn't matter what it is. The the money will come. It'll be different levels of money at those varying jobs, obviously, but the money will come. And so you have to believe in what you're doing and you have to love it. You have to love it. If you don't love it, I'm not saying you can't make money. You can, and there are ways to, but you're not going to enjoy it because you're going to be miserable at a job you don't like, which is what I kind of realized. I loved real estate for so long. And at a point I didn't like it anymore. So my heart wasn't in it. And I didn't believe Mm. my clients deserved that anymore. that. So I wanted to switch over, but so, and then in terms of the branding, I think I strategize, what am I putting out there? What does it mean? What am I trying to tell people? What not about myself, about themselves. We're all the same. We're all going through different versions of the same thing and we're bringing different people to it. And so, but there are techniques and tools that you can use to help yourself. So what's your brand? What's your mission? Maybe your mission is to sell computers. It doesn't matter what it is. What is it? And then what's the audience? What do they want to hear? And how do you blend the two? You got to get to know my, my, this is how I consider my Instagram account and how I considered my database in real estate. This is my community. I'm the mayor of my community. I don't want to be a typical politician. I'm not a typical politician. I'm going to be the politician that makes the promises and keeps them. So what do you guys need from me? What do you want? What are you looking for in this community? It's going to be different than what you were looking for in the real estate community. And then what do I need to do to accomplish that? And then checking in. Hey, guys. Hope you're loving my content. If there's something that you want to see that I'm not putting up, hit me up with a DM, comment below, and I'll be sure to add it in and incorporate it. 
also learning about social media. I don't really love social media. I actually think it's pretty toxic for people unless they create a vision board on their feed, which I do. Mm. Um, but what, what, what is the newest trend? And does it fit with me? Right now, my daughter, she doesn't really want me on TikTok. I'm not mm. going on TikTok. She doesn't want mm. me there. And maybe someone else doesn't want to go there because it doesn't fit with who they are. Find what fits with you. Maybe you're a Facebook person. Do what works for you. That's where it'll come, coming from contribution. Incredible. Incredible. And, uh, you know, the, the next question that I have before I'm going to, you know, get commentary from, uh, from Dolph is, um, you know, as, as you continue to build and you continue to scale, right. What's, what's next for Pam Christian? Like where, you know, cause like right now, okay. You, you have, you have, uh, you have multiple disciplines of coaching, right? You have a book coming out, which we're going to talk, touch on in a few minutes, but what do the next five years look like? Like, where do you see this brand building out to? I have a wonderful team and I think, you know, I'm really going to leave it in their hands, but more than their hands in the universe's hands. I know I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. I trust it to unfold the way it's supposed to. And I want to watch it with you. I'm excited. I have a front row seat and you might be like, no, I want practical things, but I think I did that in real estate. And I think for people today in this world and the energies we're living in surrendering, taking the action steps, doing the work, having a system, having a plan, and then trusting where you wind up at the various stages is exactly where you're supposed to be. I don't have this thing where I want to make X amount of money. You know what? I'll answer that. If I inspire one person every single day, my job is done for the rest of my life. That's it. Incredible. Incredible. Dolph, comments, questions? Yeah. I mean, I'm just fascinated to hear all this. I'm very impressed. And here's the thing. We have these six human needs. Tony talks about that. And two of them, uh, we have a need for certainty. We need to know where are we spending the night? Do we have food? Do we have clothes? Do we have shelter? And then we have a need for variety. And you don't want to have the same vacation, the same geographic location, sitting next to the same people that you were with last year, every year, or most people don't want that. So we need variety. And in an ironic way, Dave, these two needs are at opposite extremes of the same continuum. And some people have a very high need for certainty. They need to know when they go on holiday, where will they be on this morning? What time do they have to have breakfast? When do they have to be ready for the bus to pick them up? Mm -hmm. And whom will they be sitting next to to go on that day's tour where they've given a translation of thing in three languages? And other people don't like that. I can't stand that. And I have a very low need for certainty. I, I don't need to know what's happening. What you just explained, Pam, that you really don't need a plan the way you had a real estate, for instance, where it's all delineated. You're just happy to be an observer. As you said, you've got a front row seat and you can see what happens. And the great thing about seeing what happens is life can happen without you being necessarily in control of every aspect of it. And that surrendering to use your word, that letting go, that just letting see what happens. I think that's part of what makes life fascinating. So I was asked for day, for instance, because I arrived yesterday, I got a flight, it was supposed to go at 1130 at night, no big deal, it was delayed, I got in at 1240. By the time I drove in, I arrived at the hotel, it was 230, I got to bed at about three. I don't mind that to me, that was part of the adventure. And people say, oh, well, when do you leave again? And I saw the mistake. I don't have a booking yet because I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. We've got an event tomorrow. Yeah, I, know. I don't know what's happening the next day. If I get to stay an extra day, I'll say, why bother myself with the booking that they didn't have to cancel? And it's a bit like surrendering to see what happens. And it helps if we have the luxury of being able to do that. 
but it's not a big luxury. It's not as if it's more expensive or anything. It's just a different way of thinking about it. So that when people query you, like at, when you're booking a ticket, well, and when are you coming back, that you can say, well, I, I don't need to know. And I did that. Like my mother lives in Malta, bless her. She's in a little island in the Mediterranean. She's not from there. I was born in New Zealand. We're from all over. I went to school in six countries. So not a dissimilar upbringing, but probably for slightly different reasons. And um, I would visit her every year with my daughter because she can't really travel anymore. So we'd go to Malta and I'm based in Phoenix. So we could fly Phoenix, London, London, Malta and be there within a day. But we'd never do that. We'd pick a city, a city at random in Europe and would fly there with no bookings, no reservations, no itinerary, no plans. And we would make our way overland to Malta. We'd take boats and trains and you name it, any form of train. And it was an adventure. Every day was like, where shall we stay? And the number of people, friends, would say, oh my gosh, did you ever get stuck without a hotel to stay in? <laughs> so actually, no, we got close in Paris once. We had to go to three hotels before we found one with a, a room to spare. But they're all petrified that you'll be stuck. And what would you do without a hotel room? And that'd be the end of the world. And to me, it was an adventure. It, it never happened that way that you get stuck. And if it does, so what? It's part of the adventure. They say when we're really old, we look back on our lives and we don't regret the things we did that we shouldn't have done. We regret the things we didn't do that we could have done. Mm. And the big message there is just go out and try different things. Try having a trip that's completely planned and then try one that's completely unplanned, unplanned. and yeah. see what you like better. And there's no judgment if you like one better than the other. Do that one again next. But just explore. Have the freedom to try different things. That's amazing. And I think that has so much to do with the mindset, though. It's like when you were saying, it's just a different level of consciousness. It's, it's, it's you. And it's cool that you did that growing up. I mean, I definitely didn't have that experience. Everything was structured and we know exactly where we're going, what time we're going to be at the airport and it's going to be four hours early and all this type <laughs> of stuff. Um, but that's all fear-based. And I love yes, that you're living. Exactly. And you know what? You get to enjoy your life because you've let go. And you get to be in the moment rather than, oh my God, this didn't happen. Now what are we going to do? I'm so mad. You forgot to book that thing. You didn't get the car. What? And it's all the whole thing's a fight. And how are you even enjoying the experience? So I love that you're there. It's a beautiful place to be. One of the things, Pam, that you do have to be kind of intentional about is, is launching a book and writing a book, right? And so is this now, is this your first book that you're, uh, that you're launching? Talk to us a little bit about this when it comes out what the focal point was. Just uh, bring us up to speed Absolutely. On it. So um, it was not intended to be a book. I started writing after my parents passed away. A lot of things were coming up about not just them and their passing, but again, my whole life, you know, it starts flashing before you. If you let it, that's the thing. It happens to all of us. Some of us use alcohol, drugs, other things mm. to avoid it because it's painful. And I decided I wanted to go deep. I was taking a dive inside. And so I started writing to let it out. So it wasn't so painful. And I read it to a friend once. She's like, this is a book. I'm like, it could be. And I went through a pretty, I'm not going to go into it here, but traumatic experience in my younger years. And so I wrote all about it. And what I realized in my book is, so my book is basically my memoir, 
Um, and each chapter is an adversity or many that I went through. And at the end of the chapter, there are practical tools, tips, and techniques to get through something like that. And what I'd focus on, so one would be forgiveness, one would be gratitude, self-love, meditation, healthy eating, moving your body, all sorts of choice, you know, that we have a choice, all sorts of things. Each one would have a theme. And then I'd make practical, or I wrote out practical tips and tools that regardless of what anyone is going through, these aren't hard, complex things. They could work, they will work for anyone. It's choosing to do them. It's choosing to do the work. And what it means is choosing that you deserve it, that you're worthy of it, that you deserve to go through the difficulty and the dark and the shadow to get to the light. And so that's what the book's about. Incredible. And what's the name of the book? I hope you're having a great day. I know oh, I am. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. Very cool. Love it. Love it. I hope you're having a great day. I am. And is that, uh, where can people find that? Can they find that on Amazon or your link? It's not out yet. It's going to, I'm not doing it through Amazon. It's going to be published, but okay. just, I'm, I'm not sure when it's going out because I'm listening to my myself. It's been written for a little while now, but I would say 20, by the, by the summer of 2022, the latest. Incredible. Incredible. Pam, who's the ideal avatar? for you from a coaching perspective, right? Is it, is it, you know, is it, uh, I mean, and I know that's relatively broad, but when, you know, you know you're, um, you're, you obviously have multiple disciplines, right? So if I am your partner, right? And I'm consulting a business, you know, which we do all, or a business owner or, you know, an entrepreneur or someone. And um, I say, oh, you know, there's someone who has to have a conversation with Pam. How would I know that? And, 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 and tell us more about how we could drive that over to you. You're asking me like how you would know someone would be the right fit. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, sorry. I got confused a little bit. No, um, no, no problem. You know, um, I really work with anyone and everyone because I think coaching is it's a skill that goes goes across all the board, all, all boards. Maybe someone who is doing more personal life mindset couldn't do business, but I do a lot of business. I don't think I have an ideal candidate and I don't think I'm an ideal coach for someone. I think it's energy. So, you know, I would send anyone over because I feel like it's about the fit. And there's no way to know if someone, it's it's same thing with therapy. Like you have to meet the person to know if they're the right fit. And I really could work with anyone because there are some basic modalities that cover everything. And, and it was like you were saying about Tony Robbins too. I absolutely love, but you know who I love more? Sage. <laughs> um, that's awesome <laughs> yeah i'm a big stage fan so yeah. and and tony of course um so it, it's 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 i'm open when you do public speaking um what is what is what is that like and and who is typically engaging you what, what type of audiences are you speaking to i mean it's all different audiences i've done a lot of real estate of course i've done steve madden ralph Lauren. i've done transact insurance company i mean the list goes on and on um so healthy um it's mostly about self-love self-care mindset how to build a business through relationships. It's all hmm. about relationships. Everything's about relationships. And then, sorry, I could go off on a tangent there. And then- No, um, I, I would love that too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really um, important. Um, so self-love, self-awareness, mindset, I said, anything about that. Um, 
right now with COVID, a lot of people are asking me to come in and talk about things like how do we reintegrate into the world and our workplace, whether we decide to work from home or we're going to the office. We've been so used to having, you know, customized our lifestyle to ourselves for the past X amount of time. And how do we reintegrate into that? And it's really important to take a lot of the practices that served you when you were on this COVID break, whatever you want to call it, and keep them going. Because a lot of people um, during this time have found, although it's a very crazy, difficult time for people, a lot of people talk about how not having to be in the office every day has been a blessing for them. Mm -hmm. And finding that and bringing it with you if you do have to go in or maybe renegotiating your terms. You'd mentioned before, uh, Pam, and <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll remind everybody, if you have a question for Pam, please put it in the chat. We are Infinity X stage and microphone for Pam Christian. Pam, you mentioned that you'd made some pretty decent investment decisions along the way. And when you're looking at when you're looking at business or business and or investment opportunities, right? And what are some of the things that you're looking at good characteristics for a good business investment? First, who is the, who are the principals? Who are the people running the investment? Who am I getting into business with? For me, that's always number one. I have to know that I can trust them, that I'm comfortable with them. They, ha they have a proven track record. Two, are they putting money in? Obviously, I'm not talking about the stock market, but any other business, if they're not putting their own money in, I'm not putting my money in. There's just no way. Um, and then I analyze the project. I mean, before, before my parents passed away. My dad, I said, was my go-to person with all of this. And I really appreciated his eyes. So it's been, I have some of his friends who helped me now, but it, it's been more challenging since he, he passed. Um, but um, you have to do the numbers. You have to do the projection. You have to feel if you believe in it. I mean, I was asked, and this isn't an investment, but to promote a company on Instagram that just was not in alignment with my values. And it was a good amount of money, but I just wouldn't do it because even if you feel like it has the potential to make the money, if it's out of alignment, it, 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 it probably won't make the money for you, but it's also not going to feel good. Um, so those are a few things. Last question. <laughs> I, 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 because you keep throwing out there opportunities for me to build off of your human excellence here. And speaking of human excellence, I, I feel like, I feel like everybody to a degree, um, we, I so value you sharing your vulnerability um, <clears throat> with losing your parents. You know, I lost my father July twenty uh, second of last year, um, and it was hard as well. And it's something that I could get into at a different time, also. But it was uh, not something that I was anticipating coming down the pipeline, right? And you don't understand it. You don't identify how much you match, mirror, and model after people. Until they leave this mortal coil, right? Until they're, you know, off, you know, and 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 you look back and you say, man, you know, I, you know, I look at some. It, it, you you evaluate the things and the examples that they left for you. I think after they've left you, right, to a degree. I and and it became incredibly, you know, um, evident to me over the past year. But also, it opened my eyes to the fact that I need to expand the people that I match, mirror, and model. I match mirror and model people like you, Pam. I match mirror and model people like Dolph DeRoos, my partner, Rob Gill, 
Chris Crone, Sean Callagy, you know, global influencers, people that I just are seeing are doing it at a much higher level. You mentioned Tony and Sage, but who are other folks outside of your, your parents, right? Um, who are other folks that, that you have modeled over the years or that um, you continue to model? Uh, and tell me why. All right, well, I'm just gonna say something about Tony because I was a teenager when I first read his book, Awaken the Giant Within. Oh yeah. And it changed my life. And it didn't change my life then, but the seeds were planted because of it. And as the years went on, I always referenced it back to that book. So I had to say that, um, oh man, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm. Oh my gosh, incredible. Like he's incredible. His mastery of the brain and our neurotransmitters and how they're malleable and how we're taught we're supposed to be one way and that's the way we are for the rest of our lives. But no, um, there are so many people I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now, but um, Eckhart Tolle, um, spiritual master. I have a personally um, a friend who I emulate and, but you know, she's not a known person. So that, that's somewhat, you said not in my, that's fear. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> John Maxwell, from a business standpoint, he's a leadership guy, Wayne Dyer, love Wayne Dyer. Um, they're, they're, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking. Dale Carnegie. Oh, sure. I yeah. mean, Dale Carnegie's huge in my life. Vincent, Nor Norman Vincent Peale. Um, who else? Let me just think if there's anyone else. I mean, I love Don Miguel Ruiz. It's all about the heart for him. Love him. There are so many people and it's whether it's through books, podcasts, things like this right now. I mean, I just made two new friends. Um, sure and it, it's everyone, it's everyone, what it really comes down to. And I know you're asking for the bigger names, but what it really comes down mm -hmm. to is picking and choosing things from each person that connect with you. We're all unique beings. We are not the same though. We're taught to be in an assembly line. I'll go to Starbucks. I'll do this. I'll do that. And, and be the same. We're not. And so Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, and Gary Vee can all say, you know, do this, do this, do this. I think Gary Vee is an amazing guy. He's had a huge impact, but he may not be my guy. My guy might be Tony Robbins. So find the people that resonate with you and go with them. We are Infinity X every Tuesday, giving stages and microphones to mega powers. Pam, unbelievable what you shared tonight. Your experience, strength, and hope just is uh, something that I think everybody who has been fortunate enough to tune in here this evening got a uh, massive impact and influence from. Uh, we do have one more question that came in from, uh, from the chat, and it's, this is a powerful one. Um, and I think this will resonate with you as well. Is that, what is... Uh, What's one piece of business advice that you would give to your former self, your younger self, I should say? Go for all of it. Go for all of it. And that's all we have to say. Um, Dolph, before I conclude for the evening, because I want to stay in time integrity, parting shots from yourself, questions for Pam, any uh any parting pieces of wisdom that you'd like to provide? Well, I just want to say I found what you've said, Pam, very inspirational. So thank you for being here. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I, you know, I, I think that often 
we tend as people, as human beings to speak, we all want to get our ideas out there and yet we forget, and this is no reflection on you, this is on, on ourselves, that when we speak, we don't learn anything. So I prefer listening to speaking and I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you genuinely um, because uh, hearing the background that you came from and, and some of the hardships that you've alluded to, the fact that you've catapulted yourself out of that to be this example of what other people can lead their lives like, it's, I think it's been inspirational. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. I think I played a very minor role in terms of I was almost a decoration. <laughs> Don't undersell it, so. yourself. <laughs> you were huge. Saying. No, I'm just saying it's been a real delight. So thank you. Thank you both. Pam, before we finish up for the evening, what would you like the folks who spent the last hour with us to walk away, um, uh, to, to walk away feeling from an inspiration perspective or parting shots that you have for them? Absolutely. First, I want to say there are no coincidences. So you were a host on the day I was here for a reason. And I'm so glad we connected and met. And to Sam, Matt, Nikhil, David, Parker, and anyone else's name that I can't see, <laughs> You are worth every single thing, every bit of every single ounce of energy in this world. You are. So am I. We all are. There's no one better than you. There's no one worse than you. Go get it. Whatever it is, business, personal. Don't let your limiting beliefs get in the way. Don't let that lower self voice tell you why not to. That's your ego trying to protect you, not trying to hurt you, trying to protect you. Your higher self will never guide you in the wrong direction. It's scary. Baby steps, one step at a time, bite-sized pieces. Go do it. Life is too short not to. Incredible. We are Infinity X, stages and microphones for human excellence. And Pam, um, you know, I think it's going to be so interesting. I see you in my future, right? And um, I know you know, from a, from a standpoint of, of opportunity, um, you know, we here at Epic Financial Strategies, you know, we're one-stop shop financial wellness center, and we have relationships and ecosystem merger opportunities all the time with, with folks that are really, really interesting. And I'd love to continue the dialogue with you to see how we might be able to co-create, because I think that there's some magical things that we could do together, as well as uh, broaden uh, the opportunities for the people that we consult as well. So I'd be excited to continue that conversation. It has been an absolute honor and privilege to share this uh, to share the stage with you this evening. Um, I love what you're up to. I can't wait to you know for the book to come out. I'm super excited about that. Um, <clears throat> I can't wait to to catch uh, you on the juice, right? And <laughs> you know, and and um, you know, just just continue to observe what you're scaling up to and what you're creating in this world. I think it's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. And I appreciate what you're doing and holding the space for everyone who comes to listen and having a great, great guests on to share their knowledge and their voice and great co-hosts, guests. Thank so you thank so you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely. Our pleasure. You can catch the replay. We are InfinityX YouTube. We are InfinityX.com posted and streamed on Facebook Live as well as YouTube Live. We are Infinity X. We give stages and microphones to human excellence. We are signing off. And until next Tuesday at 7 p.m., this is We Are Infinity X signing off. Pam, thank you for everything this evening. It's been a real true pleasure. Thank you. Right. Good night, everybody. And we will see you next week on another session of Infinity X. Good night. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.